Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Across the Arts. I'm your host, Patrick D. McCoy. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome back to the celebrity series, world-renowned tenor Lawrence Brownlee. He is a world-renowned opera singer singing all over to the stages of this country, and we are so delighted to have him here today. He is going to be in the D.C. area performing a recital with vocal arts, but before that, he's going to be performing in Rossini Zelmira with Washington Concert Opera. Previously, Brownlee appeared on the Celebrity Series and was previously featured in Washington Life Magazine's Perfect Pitch, named 2017 Male Singer of the Year by both the International Opera Awards and Bach Track, American-born tenor Lawrence Brownlee has been hailed by The Guardian as one of the world's leading bel canto stars. Welcome, Larry, to the broadcast this morning. Larry, are you there? Uh-oh. Are you there? Larry, are you there? Hello, sir. I am here. Oh, my goodness. We, we had a little delay there. Welcome. I'm, it's so uh, such a delight to have you back on the broadcast. It's so nice to be with you, Patrick. Thanks for having me back. Well, listen, I'm going to jump right in. You're going to be back in the wild, but even before I go there, the last time I talked with you, you had performed with Washington National Opera here in D.C. and Donizetti's The Daughter of the Regiment. And now you're back in D.C. for not just one performance, two performances. But first, let's start off. Talk to me about your upcoming performance with Washington Concert Opera. I'm excited about the upcoming performance of Concert Opera, Washington Concert Opera. My friend Anthony Walker, uh, I debuted there several years ago singing La Donna del Lago, and that was a tremendous, tremendous time for me, a wonderful experience doing that. And so I'll be back today to do another role. When I did that with uh, Anthony many years ago, that was the debut for me, and then I've gone on to perform that in several places. But now I'll get a chance to del- debut another role about my 15th or 16th Rossini opera role, singing the role of Elo in Zelmira. And so it's a wonderful piece. It's a wonderful part. And, of course, the Washington public has been supportive of me. I'm excited to share this important debut with them. Wow. Now, this particular opera by Rossini is referred to as his last Neapolitan opera. And as you mentioned, you sing the role of Elo, Zelmira's um Husband, so t- talk to me a little bit about your character. What is your character like? Well, my character, he starts the opera, and he is longing to see his wife and his son. Uh, he's been away in battle, and he comes back longing for the beautiful Zelmira, but he comes back to find out that something's been going on as he's been gone. So um, the moment he sees her, he says, come to my embrace, come to my arms. Uh, I want to see you, but she can't because she is in the middle of a plot where it's been said that she was conspired to have um, have to have the the king killed. And so uh, it's it's interesting how he comes back and all of this this tragedy, all this turmoil ensues. But he how he's kept 
uh, away from her, lo- only longing to find out later on that she is exonerated and she is free of any wrongdoing. So it's the classic Rossini opera where you come, there's instant turmoil, and in the end, you know, there has been this, uh, uh, this, I guess. Um, delivery of the, of the verdict that shows that she is not uh, in, that she's not doing anything wrong, but that she can he the, the two of them can come and live happily after ever after if that makes sense. <laughs> it's confusing to me wow. as confusing to many other people. <laughs> That's going to be a tricky storyline for the audience to follow. I'm looking forward to being in the audience myself. Now you're going to be performance with several. Um, other stellar singers, um, and in particular, Vivica Juneau, who is a beloved uh, mezzo who has sung with Washakoff's opera many times. Had you ever performed with the other cast members? I see a few are making debuts in this production with uh, Washington Concert Opera. Yes, I've performed with many of them. I've performed with Vivica. She and I are longtime friends, and we've done opera six. We did Midami Day. We did a couple concerts. I think we did the time of years in Paris. And uh, another thing we've done together, so we know each other. We're both Indiana University graduates, and so uh, I know Vivica wow. very, very well, a wonderful, wonderful singer. Also will be another mezzo-soprano, Silvio Trosantese. She and I have done many things. Um, we actually performed together at Washington National Opera, where she sang Rosina Alma Viva uh, many years ago. So she'll be making it, I think, with Washington Opera, the Washington Public. Also, there is Patrick Harfizi. He and I know each other. We've done many, many things together. And so, um, yeah, well, Anthony Walker. So some of the small performed with them just yet, but I know several of those people, Matt and both Julius. And so it'll be the coming together of old friends to put together this wonderful piece of music. Wow, it's like a big family reunion. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so I want to move on because, as I mentioned, you have two upcoming um, DC performances. Of course, we love you here. And then after you finish this performance of, of Rossini's Del Mira with Washington Concert Opera, you move on to perform a recital for Vocal Arts DC. Talk to me a little bit about that. That's just a few days later. Well, Vocal Arts has been a wonderful support to me. I should say the whole D.C. area, going back to my Wolf Trap days, of course, being there, and then Vocal Arts and the late Jerry Perriman, of course, you know, of course now Peter Russell, uh, them being very, very supportive of me all throughout my career, Washington National Opera, Washington Concert Opera. So I feel like D.C. is my second home. I have to say that, and I mean it. But going back to vocal arts, I think it is it is my third or fourth recital with the series. So, again, uh, it's nice to, to be able to share two very special pieces. First, the Dish de Liebe. Uh, I set a goal for myself by the age of 45 that I wanted to sing a real full German song cycle. And so I presented a few places, and now it's been on the shelf for a bit, hopefully marinating so that I'll be able to bring it out again and share it in a better, more intelligent way uh, with the Washington, Washington, D.C. area public. And then Cycles of My Being. Cycles of My Being was a passion project for me. It was an opportunity for me to talk about what it is to be, as you know, a black man in this society. Uh, our, our reality is different than someone else's. We wake up every day and we see that our day is going to be heavily influenced by what we look at uh, looking back at us in the mirror. You know, if we have someone, if, if, you, if there's someone with blonde hair and blue eyes, their reality is different. Uh, because the world views them in a different way. So for us, 
I partnered with a wonderful composer by the name of Tyshawn Sori and a wonderful poet, librettist by the name of Terrence Hayes, both of those gentlemen being MacArthur Genius Award grant winners. And so we wanted to come together and take a, take hold of the conversation and to let people see through our eyes and our lyrics and our music what it feels like. We ask, you know, we ask questions, what causes someone to hate? We talk about love. We talk about religion. We talk about being resilient. We talk about passion, fear. We talk about so many things. And I'm thankful to say that, you know, I'm happy to say that it's been received so positively in the most you know, anywhere from New York City when I did it at Carnegie Hall to the most conservative voting district in the United States. That's Provo, Utah, on the campus of BYU. And both of those places it was positively received. So I'm overjoyed and excited to be able to share this important piece uh, with the Washington uh, Vocal Arts Society. Now, would this be considered the Washington premiere of this cycle? It is. It is. It is, it is the Washington premiere of this cycle. And so that's oh, I think I was in. Me. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Yeah. It, it'll be the Washington premiere. So that's obviously Washington being so important to me. It's very special for me to present that there. Oh wow! I was reading um, um, a bit on on the cycle um, from when it was performed with Opera Philadelphia, and I, I happened to see that you were the artistic advisor at Opera Philadelphia. How is that uh, post? How do you uh, have time to work that in with your busy performance schedule? Well, my post at Opera Philadelphia is not one that is super time-consuming, but I have specific roles in my appointment. Uh, One of them is to help with diversity expansion. Uh, That's Mm. also to be a liaison liaison with the general director, with uh, some of the various companies that I am traveling to and I'm performing to because, as you know, in today's opera world, many of these people are co-collaborators. And so uh, to be there and to be a liaison between several of those companies, but also uh, to be an advocate for new works, uh, obviously having done Cycles of My Being, which was a part of their new works uh, program, but obviously also doing the Yardbird several years ago, the Charlie Parker, Mm -hmm. that was an important thing for their new works thing too. So it does give me the opportunity as, you know, part of my role is to be an active performer. Uh, And so to have someone who's out there, and I guess you could say in the trenches doing what we do, I I think it means a lot uh, to, you know, to be an artist, to, to be actively doing something and also to be working to try to solidify the audience of the future. So that's very, very important for me, and I'm very, very happy to be uh, functioning in this capacity with Opera Philadelphia. That is fascinating. Now I want to go back, because I had mentioned earlier, of course, to the listeners that your first performance uh, that you're doing is with Washington Concert Opera, and then after you finish that, you have a few days to regroup, and then you sing the recital. (laughs) Talk to the listeners how you make that trend, even though I know that the performance that you're doing with Washington Concert Opera is a concert format, I think there's still a level of transition that you have to make as a singer as you uh, navigate those two uh, performance mediums. Can you maybe talk to the listener about how do you – how you prepare for such a, a transition? 
Well, the interesting thing about the Washington Concert Opera uh, performance, it is with music on stands, with orchestra on stage. Uh, so it is different in the sense of, you know, uh, the recital, you know, the recital setting that's more intimate with me and the piano and to really have to go through several different emotions uh, and several different songs, you know. If you, if you just think about Jesus, but he talks about so many different things, but, you know, I guess the overlying, the, the, the you know, the big subject is about him and this love that was lost, uh, you know, and the fact that he can't, you know, this person that he loved, you know, doesn't love him back because she loves someone else. He talks about the Miller's, the Miller's wife. And so uh, it's, it's very interesting how that, that, that goes. But when I change gears, I go home and I just turn my brain off and then I try to dive into whatever I have in front of me. I have that music that I can, you know, I've learned it before and I try to tell the story. I try to live what the words are. I try to do that. Any performance I do, I try to tap in to what I'm singing, and so that makes it more real. So uh, when I go back, you know, for vocal arts, I'll be ready to get going again and ready to try to be expressive and to try to tell the stories in a different way than uh, is what concert opera. Concert offers with orchestra and many colleagues, it is just myself and the pianist uh, with chamber music for the recital. So uh, over time, you learn how to change those gears, and you have to do it more and more as, you know, you get the opportunity to perform. Uh, but so I'm looking forward to the challenge, and I figure, you know, I feel that I'll be able to acquit uh, myself with both of those. You know, I've been watching you, of course, you know, I've been following you for years, and one thing that really stands out to me is your programming. I just feel like when you when you uh, are performing your programs, it's such a, an interesting flair that you give in terms of, I guess what I'm saying is that it's prime example um, when I noticed that you paired Schumann's Dictalieber on the same program with this song cycle, um, Cycles of My Being, I was like, do you ever, um, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, I guess when people are trying to program traditional recitals, um, is that a risk that you take by putting a modern cycle such as that and pairing it with the Schumann? I don't think it's a risk. And I think we have to be inventive, actually. When we talk about uh, building this audience of the future, we need to make sure that it, it is with people coming into the theater in mind. Okay. You know, wow. a lot of people, they ha there's a certain stigma of people thinking there's a very uptight, very hoity-toity, if you will, type of public for art song recitals. And I think that, you know, we can present these things with respect, with obviously, you know, deference to the past and what, ha you know, has been done. But I think it's important to pair something old with something new and to let people see what's being created. Both of these are stories. Cycles of My Being is a story of a man who goes through a questioning things. He questions hate. He questions love. He questions religion. You know, if you think about Dishtali, but he talks about the beautiful month of May, the first thing, and then he talks about, um, you know, he talks about going to the cathedral and seeing a painting, and he sees, he visualizes the woman that he loves, and he compares her um, to this painting, and then he goes immediately to I bear no grudge. Basically, something's mm. happened in that. So what's the story? There's a maturation process. So both of these things are uh, monologues of two guys, two different guys, and I think they actually fit somewhat of a of an ex ex emotional roller coaster ride because you go through so many different emotions. And so I like programming this, and I try to do inventive, inventive and you know, thoughtful program with anything I do because I think that's what uh, people are looking for nowadays. 
that is fascinating how you made that connection, and thank you for being willing to to go there with me on that because I think that's important for the audience <laughs> to know. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I I really thank you for that. Um, I want to move away from the the DC performances for a second because when we talked about programming. Something else that has really intrigued people, including me by following you on social media and so forth and so on, are these duo recitals that you've been doing with <laughs> Eric Owens. And we're kind of jealous that it's not happening here in D.C. Talk to me. How did you all decide to, to perform this program together? Well, Eric and I are old friends. We've known each other for nearly, and I know I'm dating myself, nearly 20 years. Uh, so I have a great deal of respect for Eric, and we have mutual respect for each other. Uh, but the thing that made it the most easy is we have the same manager. So he had the, um, you know, he had control of both of our calendars, and he said, "Look, you guys get along. I think it's great uh, if you can present this solo recital." and just to try to take people on a journey. I, I keep saying that journey. Uh, and so the way we did these recitals, we started with operatic arias and duets, and then we had African-American spirituals, a bit of American popular song, and then we ended with a touch of gospel. So when you have that, it's something for everyone. And so we've done this recital now in 17 cities, and it has been so positively received in all of the various places. Uh, many stand in ovations. I'm not saying that to mm-hmm. give myself credit, but it's just been um, <laughs> a thoughtful It's been a thoughtful recital, and it's been, you know, partly the genius of Craig Terry, who was the arranger of many of the duets of the second half, and uh, just taking recognizable songs. uh, We kind of let our hair down and act, you know, the second part after the intermission, and we have fun. I think people, uh, again, when I talk about, you know, wanting to strip away this this very uptight type of recital, what I was saying, I think people appreciate the fact that they can come and be comfortable and enjoy and share music with artists who have fun doing it. And so uh, I think people leave from the recital that do it recital saying, I had a ton of fun and I would love to see that again. And I think what we do is bridge the gap between people who are, you know, real opera lovers and would say, you know, I wouldn't go sing, you know, go and see an, a, an art song recited with popular song, but now I would. And someone who loves gospel that comes and says, you know, maybe I'll come and go to see an opera or just a regular art song society. So that's been positive, And there has already been many, many inquiries about this recital in, in other cities in the future. So Washington, C., Washington, D.C. might absolutely be on the list of those places where, that we bring the recital. So keep your fingers crossed. I will. And I want to share something very special um, because you guys are really changing lives. I'm going to read a post to you that was posted in your your um, Lawrence Brownlee fan club page on Facebook. I'm going to read this note on, on the air because I think it's very special. It says, good morning, Larry. We're here in Norfolk, and the boys are still tingling over your performance at the Attic Theater with Eric Owens. Your warmth and love shown to the boys will go a long way in encouraging them to succeed in the future. DeVar, Troy, and David are prepared to audition for college and often mention you as their performing inspiration. Thank you and be blessed. Julius McCullough. Now, that is the conductor of the Hampton Boys Choir when you all performed in Norfolk. That really touched me. And I just want to thank you and just let you know that you are really, you and Eric both are really changing lives. 
Uh, you know, one of the things that's important to Eric and I both is to give back. And the thing that touched me is was to see these young gentlemen because I saw myself in them. And I think it's important that we pay it forward. You know, when I think about some of the people before me, I don't think about so many people or I can't you know, have I don't have in my mind so many people that, you know, was actively trying to give back. And so I want to be different. That's no, you know, I that's not, you know, I not me talking bad about them, but I think it's absolutely important. You know, you and I are members of fraternities and it's 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 important that we are there to kind of like be a big brother and to be a role model and to just lift other people up. So I I take that very seriously and I want to make sure I put that into practice and, and part of me giving my time to those wonderful gentlemen who will be great stars of tomorrow. I keep telling them that. Uh, was, so they see me and to feel like that someone is there rooting for them, someone that they can respect and, you know, have a great deal of admiration for. So it meant a lot to me. So thank you for that. Well, I'm sure you lit up like a Christmas tree where you saw these young men resplendent in all this red and white. <laughs> the best colors in the world. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> if you all well, if you all don't know, Larry Bradley is a life member of Kappa Alpha Psi, one of our great fraternities. So shout out to Kappa Alpha Psi. Support your brother. But Alpha thank you for letting me share I know you that. Represent, I know you represent Alpha Phi Alpha, so there's nothing but love, my brother. <laughs> and you know what? That provides a perfect segue because one of your big mentors is an Alpha, a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Could you talk about the importance of legendary tenor George Shirley in your career? Mm-hmm. George Shirley has been a friend, a mentor, a role model, but just a wonderful human being. And so when I was trying to envision, you know, the possibility of ever being successful in this business, the person that I kind of used as my targeting focus was George Shirley, someone who had accomplished so much, who lived through a time that was much more difficult to be successful in this career than it is for many of us today. Many of us are being successful, thankfully, because our talent is now getting the chance to be shown on these important stages of the world. I can mention so many you know, tenors included. Uh, but George Shirley was that one that I said, okay, I will, if he can do it, I believe that it's possible for me. So I met George Shirley many years ago. And, uh, you know, before I met him, uh, when I met him that first time, he was very kind. He's very supportive. And then after all my successes, I've gone back to him to ask for advice, just to, you know, to talk to him about different things. And he's had an open door policy. Uh, I just performed with Eric in Ann Arbor and uh, got a chance to see Mr. Shirley, who's looking wonderful and 80 plus years old, mm. um, very sharp and just, just a wonderful person. So, when I think about what he meant to me, you know, I wrote a post saying, you know, if I can be just half of what he's meant to me to other people to just make them feel and believe that it is possible, I hope that I'm doing something every day to make that, you know, a reality. And so uh, I have a great deal of respect and admiration for Mr. Shirley and uh, just to see him doing well and thriving in today. Thriving today means a lot to me, but uh, he was that he was very, very important to me then and still remains an important person for me in my life. Thank you. And just as we begin to wrap up our time together, I want to take a moment, and I would be remiss if I didn't share your glorious voice with the listeners. I would like to play one of my favorite Mozart artists, Un Ara Amorosa, from Cosi Fartuti. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason I want to play this is because the first time I heard this aria, it was sung by George Shirley. And so I want to play <laughs> that now. And this is sung by Lawrence Brownlee.
Thank you so much for indulging me. We had to, we couldn't have you on here and not listen to that beautiful voice. I was cringing the whole time. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what is it like to hear yourself? Oh my gosh! Well, you know, any singer, <laughs> I guess it's hard. You're a singer, Patrick. You're a, it's hard to listen to yourself. Sometimes I'm like, what was I thinking? I'll say to myself, no. I mean, there are a few, there are a couple of times that you say, okay, that wasn't horrendous. It was okay. It was acceptable. But, you know, you sit there and you're, you're thinking from a technical standpoint, from a musical standpoint, you know, nowadays I'm, you know, it is very common that I give master classes to young singers. And so they ask me, questions all the time. And I try to stress to them, you have to be musical, you have to be artist, you have to create art. And then I listen to myself through the lens of that thinking, did you create art? Were you musical? Did you go the extra mile? And so uh, it is a painful thing to do, uh, but it is something that is necessary. <laughs> so it's hard to listen to myself, but, uh, but I, I didn't pass out this time. I can do much better. <laughs> so listen, speaking of master classes, when are you going to post one of your cyber videos? We love those videos that you post <laughs> when you're teaching a little topic, just a little snippet. We just love it. There will be more LB's mini master classes coming on the way. There are a couple already in the pipeline. And so I like to do it. And again, you know, it's this idea of trying to, you know, pay it forward to share you know just to just to let people know that you know that you you can give them just something simple that they can say okay i can take something and to try to put it in a in a language that is understandable some of these voice teachers today are so super technical and a lot of this mumbo jumbo that kids you know singers can't understand and so i try to talk in a way that is very clear, very direct, something that they can grasp and take into their practice room or take directly to their teacher to say, what do you think about this? So I have a great deal of respect for what teachers are doing, uh, but it is one of these things that, you know, you look at it and these little, these little videos that I've been doing, LB's mini master classes, they've been wonderfully received. It's just been a bit of a short hiatus, but there are more in the pipeline, more to come, so uh, stay tuned for those. Well, good. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing with us um, this morning. I just want to give a brief recap uh, for our, our listeners about your upcoming performances. Of course, we mentioned that Lloyd Stanley will perform with Washington Concert Opera and Rosini's Zamira on Friday, April the 5th at 7 o'clock. That's at Livingston Auditorium. And so uh, you can go to D.C. Concert, D.C. Concert Opera, Opera no, I think it's dcconceropera.org. And anyway, I will post the links, but that's uh, with DC Concert Opera. And then he'll turn, to the, turn his attention to Vocal Arts uh, DC, where he'll be presenting in recital. That's on Thursday, April the 11th, 2019, at 7.30 p.m. at the Terrace Theater. And that's where he will perform the song cycle of Cycles of My Being and Schumann's Again, Larry, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us about your upcoming performances and your career. Thank you. It's nice to spend time with you, Patrick. Thanks for always supporting me. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Again, this has been Patrick P. McCoy on Across the Arts. This has been the Celebrity Series featuring world-renowned tenor Lawrence Brownlee. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.